Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, man, the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Here from the first, swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex networks on. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the rent, getting in the zone. Pulling up the show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 209th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, I am living in a great football world. My fantasy teams suck. I, I know people <laughs> don't want to hear about my pro football. No one wants to hear about your fantasy teams, but they suck. They're terrible. I had bad drafts, and yeah, it's terrible. Uh, second thing is my real football teams are amazing. My Florida State Seminoles are 4-0 and beat Clemson for the first time in seven years. I'm so, so, so happy about that. Um, my Kansas City Chiefs are 2-1. The team is healthy and our defense pretty much looks the best defense I've, we've had since Andy Reid became the coach of Kansas City. So, I it was like I you know I always said with our uh, team that if we had a top twenty defense, we're as good as any team in the league. I truly think we might have a top ten defense this year, which is amazing. So I am doing really well because that's that's me in the fall and the winter. If my football teams are doing well, I'm doing well. If my football teams are doing bad, I'm doing bad. And for all of you that say you shouldn't probably let games that you don't have any effect on affect you emotionally, you don't get it, and it's okay. Yeah. It's just exactly. like you don't okay, and it's like I even say when I talk about fanhood, uh, I, I'm 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 a big big in the fanhood, and I'll have the conversation with anybody about it. And it's a very frustrating conversation. It's like, you know, are you a fan? I'm like, and they'd be like, yeah, I'm a fan of this team. And I was like, what happened? Oh, they lost, and they're like, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to do this and that and that. So you're not a you're not emotionally affected from your team losing? No. There's other things in life. I'm an adult. I have blah blah blah. Uh, 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 at that point, uh, uh. at that point, at my life, you're you just ended the conversation. You are no longer a fan in my eyes. You're a supporter. Exactly. You're a supporter. Exactly. You're a watcher. Uh, you're you're anything else less than a fan because a fan is a fanatic. That's where the root word is. 
fanatic. Your day has to end. You have to. You have to. You don't have to be as sore a loser as I am because I am a very sore loser. As I've oh stated, he is yes, and I am a very sore winner. I'm like yeah, oh uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, both sides, both sides, terrible at both. I'm like. I, I always said I'm not a perfect human, and that's probably where my biggest imperfections are. I am, I am, I don't like losing. I don't like when my teams lose, even though I have no effect over results. They still irk me. So, uh, no. And we know how sore we know how sore of a loser uh, this man is too, because just off off before we started recording, me and him were rega- were arguing because I hate the fact that he's using the fact that Travis Kelsey was injured and Chris Jones didn't play because he held out for a contract as the reason why they lost to Detroit. By one point. Okay, cool. I don't care what the score is. You lost. And uh, You don't care what the score is because you won, and that's the whole thing. When you win, hey – you don't care about the things. You don't care about the results around it. Hey, when in Philly last year, when we got the defensive holding call and we went down and kicked a field goal, and I was like, oh, it probably shouldn't have been a defensive holding call. But we're still the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions. And I didn't care about Philadelphia fans' feelings. Did I think they got screwed? Probably. Don't care. My team won. And when you're on the side that won, you don't care. And you have the right not to care. And I'm going to still make excuses because that's my job as the sore loser. And again, exactly. It's, it's sore loser talk because, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm, I'm doing great. My, my team, I, we're recording this after Thursday Night Football. My Lions came into Lambeau Field and absolutely pants the Packers. Dan Campbell, the first Lions head, co- head coach since the 80s to win four straight games against the Green Bay Packers. And currently, we are your kings of the North. The NFC North is ours. The Bears are trash. The Vikings are trash. And we currently hold this division. And it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. The Honolulu Blue was all over, all over Lambeau Field, just like it was when we closed out the season last year, when we closed out the regular season. And things are looking up for the, pa- for the, for the Lions, I should say. And for the Packers... Uh, they got currently their head coach yelling at media. Uh, very, very pissy. Uh, so it's a good feeling for me. Though. Oh, dude. Uh, and you know what's another great feeling? The Chiefs are in the worst division in the NFL. Like, literally. That, honestly. honestly literally. Like, literally. Literally. The Chargers are terrible. The Raiders are terrible. Denver is disgustingly bad. Denver just dropped <laughs> up 70 points. Yeah, the Denver is disgustingly Unheard bad. of. Like, dude, we we might clinch the division in, like, week 11. It's quite unbelievable, dude. Like, that's the thing. I can't, I, it's honest to God. Like, you know, the, only team that I, the only team that I could think could get their head out of their ass is maybe the Chargers, but that's only if Brandon Staley isn't their head coach. Yeah. You know how they say a rising tide builds all ships. And in, historically, when there's a dominant team in the division, the other teams get better because they have to compete with that team. Somehow in the AFC West, the other teams are getting worse. It's kind of insane. It's yeah, it, it's like... Oh, God, the Broncos got Russell Wilson and Sean Payton in back-to-back years, and they look worse than they did before the two people got there. <laughs> the Raiders didn't get the best wide receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams, and look worse than he did before he got there. And then you guys <laughs> got the biggest free agent signing of all time. You got you got uh, Taylor Swift. Yes. And then the Chargers can't stay fucking healthy. I mean, good Lord. 
every year it's someone. And they just lost. Well, Michael also too, the Chargers are, they have one of the worst head coaches in the NFL. Brandon Staley is a hack, uh, absolute hack, dude. You know what? I I am not making any excuses for Brandon Staley because fuck the Chargers. But that dude's an analytics guy, and he plays the numbers every time. The and way that he went for it when they were up by four in his own like tw- like thirty yard line when they had like a little yeah, over no. a minute forty five, and the and the Vikings had like th- all three t- timeouts. I'm pretty sure. Idiotic, idiotic. No, see, it's idiotic. But I follow, I follow uh, a guy that does analytics. And they said the percentages were ongoing for it. And I was just like, not, not saying it makes football logic from, you know, from the time we've been watching football, what he did makes no sense. But he he's an analytics guy. And the Chargers knew what they were getting when they hired him. So I don't know. That's like, to like for me, it's not an excuse. It's just... It is. I'm like, you know what you that's got. A, that's what you get when you hire a guy who lives and dies on but, analytics. Yes, that's what I'm like. It's like you made a decision. You know, you made a decision, and and that's what. And hey, that's 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 Spanos for you. That's yeah. Spanos for you. Yeah. The guy who wants to move the team out of San Diego and I move do. it to L.A., it, where the city does not care about your your team or so, the Rams for that matter. It's so crazy that my boy the enemy can't get a job, and all these mid ass coaches are getting a job for real. For real, it's like all these mid ass coaches are getting. Can we can can we please, honest to God, dude? Uh, can we get Brian Flores back to being a head coach? That dude was doing solid for the uh, yeah. Josh McDaniels, I truly think has no actual instincts to coach, like like in game instincts, just none. Can we stop hiring Bill Belichick disciples and thinking that they're going to be just as good as the hood? Because guess what, none of them have worked out. I think Bill O'Brien kinda in college and he did pretty yeah. good in Houston but none of but them But he had are, a prime Deshaun yeah. Watson and then he even managed to ruin that. Yeah, they none of them work out. Oh. No. And and I can wave to you as a man who made the same mistake, you know, uh Matt Patricia, dog shit. Yes. Uh so let me apologize to everybody that tuned into this show. This was all <laughs> football talk. And it this was. is called the show Sorry. is called All Things Elite. I I have to catch myself because we could probably do another foot podcast. I was about to I was about, about to stop bitching. you right after that. Yes, yes we probably do another podcast bitching about football and just talking about football in general. But that's not what you tuned in for. So it's not. I no. hope you we, forgive we will us. We'll get off of that topic. We, like you said, hope I'm happy forgive. because my team won. Floyd's happy because his team is still yes. probably the best. I in hope the you NFL. forgive us for that eight minutes. It was only yes. eight minutes. The rest of the time we're going to talk. The rest about is it. all elite and, and it's right, all wrestling. Right, yes. So we're going to get into a lot because, of course, it's the week of Wrestle Dream, which is airing this Sunday. Super excited for it. Brand new AEW pay per view. And we're coming off of the go, get the go home week as we're heading into Rampage tonight and then Collision tomorrow night to really like get things moving into uh, closing out this week. And also, we're riding high after Grand Slam last week. So. We got a lot to talk about, but before we get into everything, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a rating and a review. It helps out the show tremendously. You can also follow us on social media. We are at eight at, at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. We are all. You can also follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible and also have a bunch of great shows on their network. 
I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And, of course, the news of the week as we count down to the first ever Wrestle Dream pay-per-view. And there was an interesting statement that Tony Khan said, said going into uh, Wrestle Dream, uh, which is taking place from Seattle, Washington. Uh, and the biggest thing that he said with this pay-per-view was the fact that he called this the end of an era for AEW and the beginning of a new one. And uh, I know Floyd wants to ask uh, what this means. And I, I'll go to Floyd first on like this statement from Tony Khan about Wrestle Dream and, and like how this is the beginning of a new era and an ending of another one. Okay. Uh, and My- where do you take this from? My not-so-bold prediction, not so it's not a bold prediction at this point because I honestly have seen it everywhere, but I think the announcement is going to be WrestleDream is the last traditional pay-per-view of AEW, and Full Gear from uh, Kia, the Kia Forum is going to uh, emanate live. It's going to be from the Kia Forum, but it's going to be the first... Uh, Pike, I mean, first show on HBO Max. Ah, so I've heard. Yeah. I, I no, I like. I I dropped it. I like. I told Jr. Then I was like, Oh my god, I'm the first person to think that. Then I get online and realize nope. there are no such thing as original thoughts, and I see it <laughs> everywhere. Uh, it's like I literally see it, see it everywhere, and I say, Oh, okay. You know, it is what it is. I, you know, I, I wasn't as forward-thinking as I thought. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> jump to the same conclusion. But I, right. I do I do think it... Uh, I know somebody, some people were thinking that the show in December, because uh, there's been rumor that there's, there's a pay-per-view at the end of December, would it end up being the first show. But I'm thinking, and this is where my logic comes from, that if you're going to do the first show on HBO Max... You want it to be four of the one of the primary shows, you know, either, you know, Revolution, Double or Nothing, uh, um, All Out or in this case, Full Gear. So I think that's I think that's what the uh, announcement's going to be. I could be wrong. There are, of course, no inside information. I actually, you know, I, uh, I, I pride myself on my ability to guess and not have any inside information. So, no, um, yeah, well, we'll see if that's what it is. I think it would be a big deal. Uh, a big deal, as in, I think a lot of people, like right now, AEW might be the most successful promotion that's not named WWE in history, but I think if they sign the big deal with HBO Max for their pay-per-views and you know their other content, uh, or yeah, I call it HBO Max, but I guess it's just Max now. Not that it really makes a difference. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's uh, if they signed a deal with Max, they would be the most successful wrestling company outside of WWE ever. So, yeah. I think I would agree with that, yeah. And then all the people, like, it's so funny because, you know, you know, early on, I got these tweets, that, you know, like, oh, they'll be out of business and this time, they'll be out of oh, business sure. this time. Oh, sure. And, and, dude, I just, like, I you know, I had it. Re- I have them ready as receipts. But then I realized, what is our show? What is our show? Proclivity of positivity. Proclivity of positivity. And that is not a very positive act to be. I just, but just to let you know, I saw it and it's hilarious to me. I laugh in my evilness outside of this podcast at you and those people that say, I thought, I think 
all in is the peak. Then it was like, I think double nothing when it sold out really quick. I think that's the peak. And then when the all out sold out again, oh, that's the peak. And then full gear. And it was like, everything's the peak. Well, I think all in's the peak. And I'm just like, I mean, you can keep calling it to the end, you know, you're either yeah. going to die or, <laughs> or you're going to eventually be right, whatever. But, you know, I, I, it is remarkable growth with AEW. Our show has grown with it. So I, I, yeah, I love that AEW is succeeding. I am a fan. If you listen to this show, I'm very clear this is a fan podcast. So if you're like, oh man, all he does is shield for AEW, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, hey. The one thing I, yeah, the one thing I would say too is that uh, the way that I first interpreted this, because um, I the Max thing, I do, I honestly didn't know how far along Max was in terms of like getting the streaming capabilities for live uh, like pay-per-view type events and stuff like that. I didn't know when they had that stuff, like, you know, when they would have all that ready to go. Um, so that wasn't even the first thing that I went to. The first so, thing I went to was the fact that it was the first show not in Chicago that didn't have uh, CM Punk on the roster. That was the first thing I honestly took. it. Ah, uh, that makes, that makes sense. Um, but I went with mine because HBO uh, or I keep calling them HBO. Max did announce that they're starting a nine ninety nine live sports service in addition to H on HBO Max, which will be free through January or whatever, and it's going to be under the brand of Bleacher Report. As soon as they announced that, I was like, to me, I, I imagine there's a lot of other sports out there. I understand wrestling's not the only sport, but to me, when they announced that, to me, they were pretty much guaranteed to me announcing AEW was coming to Max. Yeah, and I do think that's probably more so of what they were uh, leaning towards. Um, the only thing I would say is like that was just where my mind went to. Yeah. But again, I'm a fanboy, so that's that's just how I'm going to lean towards. But. Let's go ahead and get into AEW Dynamite from this past week. Um, obviously, I was I was bummed out I couldn't be on the show uh, talking about uh, Grand Slam because it was honestly a damn good week um, for uh, for AEW. Uh, and my sister actually was at the Grand Rapids uh, Collision Show, which I couldn't cover because I was too busy. I had to film college football for work, um, and that was a damn pretty a really good collision too. I would say. The Texas death match with Ricky Starks and Danielson, especially, I had to say, was absolutely outrageously good. Dude, and dude, and, and that's uh, unfortunately that's what's been falling off is our collision coverage. But yeah, yes. that match, that match was no otherworldly. I feel like you know we're we're at the point where you can't say Ricky's having another star making performance. The he's dude a, star a star already. He's, he's a star, and it's just like I can't wait for him to get a title. But yeah, exactly. he's a star. He's an absolute star. And then, of course, Christian Cage, finally, actually, your TNT champion, as opposed to just holding it for Luchasaurus. Ah, uh, yes. He's been the TNT champion, if you ask him. Nothing, I mean, yeah, if you ask no, him, yes. Nothing has changed. He is uh, that that triple threat match was great. Uh, or three-way match. I don't know. Do you... Some people like the AEW using the WWE branding. Some don't. But it was a triple threat match. I figured that was the only way that match ended was with uh, Christian just sliding right. in, swooping in, and yeah, taking yeah, the win. Yeah, after and, all, uh, yeah, yeah. And Luchasaurus finally looked like he had a problem with it. Yep, and it was like that was kind of cool. It was like he finally was like, "Oh, 
So, yeah, it's, you know, he was fine. You can say you're the champion, but I'm the champion kind of thing. And then, then, alas, Christian screwed him over just like he screwed everybody else over he's worked with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, getting into Dynamite, which took place uh, from Broomfield, Colorado. Uh, it opened up with the AEW International Championship Open Challenge match between Ray Phoenix and Jeff Jarrett, which, of course, I mean, I also, like I said, I wasn't able to be on the show before. And unfortunately, with the uh, whole ordeal with uh, John Moxley, um, it was a concussion that he suffered. I'm, believe, I'm pretty sure it was confirmed, uh, that which caused the match to have to be changed and him, like, unceremoniously losing the international championship to Phoenix, which, again, like, I'm not saying Phoenix doesn't deserve it, but it clearly was not what they were going with. And it was just plans that fell apart because of a, a real injury, which, again, I hope Moxley makes a full recovery from. Um, so they, they they all of a sudden, like, things got weird with that. So they had Phoenix facing off against Jeff Jarrett in an international championship open challenge match. Um, and I got to say, this wasn't the best start to a dynamite, especially for a go-home show for a brand-new pay-per-view. I was like, oh, God. this This screamed to me, I would say, we did not plan for this. We just need to do something to kind of like fix what we had kind of set up. So Phoenix was obviously moving over, trying to do a whole bunch of stuff. And I, Jeff Jarrett, love the guy. He can't keep up with this shit. Um, but eventually, though, Jarrett is able to hit a low blow while the referee is distracted. And then as he uh, goes ahead and tries to get the win, Phoenix breaks the count when he gets his foot to the bottom rope. Figure four attempt, but he gets cradled up and Jeff Jarrett gets pinned. The fact that Phoenix had to cradle Jeff Jarrett to pin him, honestly, was a bit ridiculous to me. Like, you can't beat Jeff Jarrett straight up. You have to win by a roll-up. I thought that was a bit ridiculous. Um, and I'm not going to give this match too much crap because, again, like this, this they didn't have this in their contingency plan um, because the the, the – uh, in the thing that happened with uh, John Moxley was absolutely totally freak, and no one saw it coming, and no one knew how to react to it after it happened because literally, ref's hand hit three, and he's like, he's not getting up. What the hell? Okay, Phoenix wins. Uh, what is going on? Is he okay? So I, that was the only thing that I could t- take from that, though. But it was uh, it wasn't the best start to the dynamite. But I I I, I get why it was, but it's still a, it's a rough situation. Absolutely. Uh, when they when they announced the music hit, I was swore it was going to be Jay Lethal. Like I thought that's going to challenge. <laughs> right. I yeah. didn't see the announcement early in the day in the Jeff Jarrett. I was just like, it's going to be Jay Lethal. And then it was Jeff Jarrett. And I was like, this seems like a very very bad idea. <laughs> like it, it's like it's not like dude. I I am a very big member of the Jeff Jarrett fan club, but it just seems like. When you're trying to highlight your new champion, you know, you probably want to do it with someone that is more familiar with his style and want to catch him. Like, I had it in my head. It would have been fun, and I know he was in another match later, but I had in my head it would have been fun if Pentagon was the open challenge. Because I don't know if any of you have seen the Ray Phoenix versus Pentagon matches. Oh, yeah. They always deliver. And, you know, it would have been a great way to announce Pentagon's first title defense with authority instead of kind of a whimper because how they he beat Jeff Jarrett it's like it's Jeff Jarrett he Jeff Jarrett can take a clean like a loss a definitive loss and it not hurt him because he's Jeff Jarrett 
But yeah, they decided to go with the way they did. Uh, dude, I, I am loving what we're going to get with Phoenix going forward as the matches are going forward, especially what we'll get next week. So yeah, I, I'm going to give this reign a chance because you know what? You kind of new knee champions. You need new blood. And I know Ray Phoenix is, you know, been a tag team champion trios, but he's kind of new, like, like as a threat or champion in the tree, uh, in the uh, international title division. And, you know, Orange Cassidy set a standard there, so he's is going to be able to keep up with that standard or maintain it. Yeah. Uh, moving over, we then had a absolutely another great video, uh, like vignette of better than you, baby. So they were on Long Island and they were uh, hanging out on the boat, basically. And MJF was basically trying to cheer up Adam Cole because he had a leg injury. So MJF was then be like, you know, yo, you were a uh, you were on the phone with Roddy for a pretty long time. And he, Adam Cole was like, yeah, I was, I was worried about him. He's like, so long that you couldn't come up to the ring with me last week? And he's like, Max, you didn't bring me out here to hit me with the dynamite diamond ring and then throw me overboard, did you? And he's like, no, 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 no. And he had the ring and it was hiding behind his back. And Adam Cole goes, listen, having one more, more than one friend is normal. And Max is like, plus, last time I almost got caught when I was trying to throw someone overboard. And they had Captain Insano as well hanging out, and they were all just raising drinks on the boat. Uh, it was very silly. Um, and I'm going to talk more about Adam Cole, Bebe, and uh, MJF and all that kind of stuff as we get into the in-ring segment. But they haven't missed, I feel like, with any of their uh, video vignettes that they've done since becoming a tag team. Like, it's just so funny. Yeah, and it definitely, uh, you talk about that crossover appeal to people that don't watch wrestling every week or to people that nerds that don't give a flying crap about a five-star match. These vignettes are stories. They're building it. You know what's leading somewhere. It's like someone's going to turn on someone, and that's what everybody's waiting for. Everybody's like on the edge of the seats. When is Adam Cole going to kick MJF in the face? When is MJF going to, the devil actually going to come out? So it is very intriguing you know and it's kind of open-ended you don't know where it's gonna go so i we i did love it and then captain insano uh i we've heard rumors for a roughly year maybe two that they, they got the rights to captain insano he was gonna be debuting go okay i you know i got a prediction for later in the uh, show but uh yeah i think we'll see captain insano sooner rather than later Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, we then move over to uh, footage of Don Callis and Takeshita as they were looking for Ibushi in Tokyo, which was early in a week. And then they were in the ring to get interviewed by Rene Paquette with Don Callis and Takeshita. And Don was like, I have something to say. And I'm so happy Sammy Guevara is free of the toxic influence of Chris Jericho. I'm bringing him out myself, the newest member of the Don Callis family. So he went from one toxic asshole to another. I'm kidding. I love Jericho. But Sammy comes out. He hugs Don and goes like, Don then goes like, you want to know about Tokyo now? I said, Abushi wasn't so safe. I said, Abushi wasn't safe. So the Alpha and I, they went to, we went to Tokyo. We brought a camera crew and they then proceeded to jump uh, to catch the, I mean, they jumped uh, Abushi in his dojo. And Takeshita went after uh, one of his students and then Abushi came after him. But eventually, Callis took an umbrella, hit him with it. Takeshita took a kettleball and hit him. And then he was screaming, basically, you weren't safe. You're not safe anywhere. Not in Tokyo, not in Seattle. You're not safe anywhere. 
And Don Callis said, we have never been stronger, this family, and we're going to Wrestle Dream. And Sammy was like, I'm the hero. Jericho's the villain. He held me back. I was a champion without him. I did pay-per-views without him. He would clip my wings. And basically, Don Callis goes like, we're taking everything from Omega, Jericho, and Ibushi until there's nothing left but their tears. Um, so, And that would then basically set up for what got announced for uh, Wrestle Dream, which was that they're going to have uh, let me the Chris Jericho and the Golden Lovers versus the Don Callis family at Wrestle Dream. So, yeah, um, which is you know honestly, this Wrestle Dream, like just strictly on paper in ring information or in ring product, it looks like maybe the like best pay per view of the year. It's got so many good matches on this card, dude. So many good matches. So many good matches on this card. Yeah, we'll talk about the whole card once we get into our preview. But uh, this overall segment with Don Callis, like, I love the fact that, like, we're getting some more people involved with Don Callis just to make his, like, whole idea of his family feel bigger. Um, and now Jericho's been thrown in with uh, Don Callis' uh, regime against not only uh, – Kenny Omega and Ibushi, who are his, his sworn enemies to begin with, but now Jericho in there after he went and joined the family. So, Yeah, um, I, 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 it was funny. I was talking to JR, as I do, and uh, we were looking at Sammy, and I was like, dude. So I was like, you, you ever see those like uh, drug lord movies? Like, you know, the movie drug lord movies. He looks like the fuck-up brother of the drug lord. <laughs> Like the one that ends up getting him caught in the end. That's what seemed like with the whole the, the shirt and the pants and it's all white. He looks like the fuck up brother. So I right. just like I was like that was the media. I'm like, is he gonna play the fuck up brother of this group? Is he's gonna be the one that's always losing? I don't know, but I saw that and I just made, it, it actually made me laugh because I was like, yeah, he kind of looks like a drug lord. And he's like, Jr. is like, no, he looks like the drug lord's brother. And I was like, yes, you're right. The one that ends up getting him caught in. That's what he looks like right now. The, the, the one that flips or whatever. No, but uh, no, uh, I just, this whole family thing, I've loved it. I've always loved factions. So I love what this is becoming. If Will Ospreay is actually a member of this group and not just like an associate of Don Callis, that would be awesome. Yeah, no, I think that would be awesome too. Uh, we then had a, uh, the footage from Collision where Ricky Starks basically saying by not answering the 10 count of that of the uh, Texas 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 death Texas uh, death match rules. Um, and then Yuta proceeds to go up to Ricky and say, basically, you're all style and no substance. And he challenged him to a match at Wrestle Dream. So Ricky Starks and Wheeler Yuta facing off against each other. Um, obviously, a match that. You know, there's no build for it or anything like that. But you know, these two guys are going to just do some crazy working uh, and just really do some great uh, wrestling, and they're going to do some awesome shit. Um, that being said, though, um, you know, it's still weird to me that now, technically, because Brian Danielson is back, all of a sudden the BCC is babyface. Can I, am I the only one that said like? No, no. I pointed that out. This is like the least. There's no turn. There was no turn. There was no turn. Danielson's back, and it's like, oh, now we're baby faces. It's like he's the only one that keeps them in line, yes. even though he was the one that was trying to kick people's head in when he wanted to beat up Okada. So it's not like he wasn't a baby face 
It's not like they were always babyface when Danielson was there, and then when he's gone, they're not. It's like it was like, wow, it threw me off like so hard. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it is absolutely crazy. Uh, they've had to adjust to different situations and different changes. Sure. So it is what it is, but it's like, like, yeah, they were dicks like a month ago. I mean, shit. Uh, for all in, they were all all assholes, and then. Now, yep. now, hey, you know, love them. They're great. I, I don't get it. Don't yeah. get it. But either way, we move over to the three-way blind eliminator match for a shot at the international championship. Uh, Nick Jackson, one half of uh, one third. I'm sorry, of the brand new uh, uh, six-man tag team champions, and Nick Jackson faced off against Brian Cage, and they faced off against uh, Claudio Castagnoli in a three-way match. Um, it was a damn good match, you know. These guys are all really good workers, um, and they uh, were performing very, very well. And basically, a match moves all the way around of them doing a bunch of crazy shit. Um, Claudio uppercutting and lo- lo- hammering like elbows into people and beating up Brian Cage. He hits the Ricolo bomb, but then Nick Jackson springboard her Karana on Claudio and then he lands on Cage in the process and he gets the pinfall victory pinning Brian Cage. Uh, so Nick Jackson will be getting a shot at the uh, international championship, which means one of AEW's best television matches. We are getting the rematch. Nick Jackson versus Phoenix for the international championship. Y'all. Dude. If you don't remember this match, this is early AEW stuff. Dynamite y'all 8. Don't rem- Dynamite 8. If y'all don't remember this, I implore you to go back and look back at this match. Because this match, I it was like, oh my well, god. You know what? I'm going to have a different take on that. Don't go back and look at this match. Oh yeah? Experience it for the first time next week. You know what? Fair. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, though, if you, if you think this is just going to be the same thing as that match, no, they're, they're no, pulling out no, some new stops no. for this. No, I just, so don't feel like you're going to get spoiled if you watch the original no, match. No, you're, you're, that was a classic. No, it was great. And that's what I'm like, dude. I, I'm jealous of everybody that, you know, that hasn't seen that first match because you get to experience it for the first time. So watch the next week. It's for a title. Uh yeah right, so yeah Nick and Ray are are, the stakes are higher they're gonna leave everything out in the ring all the colloquialisms that go with going really hard because them dudes are gonna go really hard I'm not saying this like they never don't go hard oh, but sure. when 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 you have a Jackson against one of the Lucha Bros it it just it's a bigger deal it's just it just means more when you, when you have one of the Young Bucks one of the Lucha Bros. They turn it up at least another level, probably to uh, you know two levels, and they're going to tear it down next week. Like they are going to tear it down. I and I don't feel like oh man, you're going to overhype. No, I can't because I know they're going to go out there and deliver. Yeah, they're going to absolutely, absolutely kill it. I know that for a fact. Now we get to uh, what I feel like was uh, the moment of the night. Absolutely, we go to. The Ring of Honor's World Tag Team Champions, Adam Cole, Bebe, and AEW World Champion, MJF, coming to the ring. And Adam Cole is on crutches. His left leg is basically bandaged up completely. And he goes, um, Adam Cole, talk to him, MJF says. And he's like, this is a sad chapter because last week I got hurt. And my ankle basically exploded. 
Uh, it broke in three different places. I tore ligaments, and I have to get surgery. Um, and it's like I'm going to do everything in my power to get back as soon as humanly possible, and it's soul-crushing that I have to do this. But they are the World Tag Team Champions of Ring of Honor, and he's like, we're going to relinquish him. And I'm just, whoa, no. I didn't wrestle two nights in two matches in one night just to relinquish these. Uh, and to the righteous? No. You wouldn't be hurt if I you wouldn't be hurt if I didn't need your help at Grand Slam. So I know how much those tag titles mean to you. And I want to make sure that when you come back, these will be waiting for you. So righteous, I'm defending these titles in a handicap match and we're going to win. To which the kingdom then proceeded to come out with Roderick Strong in a wheelchair, neck brace on. And Roderick's like, Adam, I need you more than ever. Emergency, please help me, God. And MJF's like, I think he's a simp. I learned on the boat that he's your boy. I don't like him, but I know he's your boy. Do what you need to do, man. I'll be back when you come back. They hug. Adam Cole gets on his crutches and go up the ramp. And MJF goes, everyone give it up one more time for Adam Cole. Now, I'm not a big fan of, and then that's when Bullet Club Gold walks out. Switchblade Jay White, and they interrupt the the world champ. And Switchblade, he sends the Bang Bang Gang to the back and then goes, we've heard you talk enough, and says, everyone would like to hear this sweet exotic accent. Um, And don't worry, everyone's in the back. You have your one-on-one time with the Switchblade. And he's like, I must be smoking some strong Colorado grass because... This mid-mic work is not going to work out with MJF. So you're coming at the king. Don't miss. And that first shot was kind of hairy. And in my career, I've been compared to a lot of people. MJF is good, but he's no blank. And as soon as my star rose, names got bigger and bigger. But it never bothered me until I read, MJF is good, but he's no Jay White. And it's become very apparent why this offends me. Because now that I'm standing in the ring with you, I'm like filet mignon. And the show is all about MJF because no one is on the level of the devil. And then there's you. You're very talented, but you've managed to convince the fans that you're also filet mignon when, in fact, you're tofu. Funny thing about tofu, it takes on the flavor of whatever you want it to be. But you need to add something in order to trick yourself into believing that it has taste. You've been given everything. The keys to one of the greatest wrestling factions of all time. But if I pluck it all away, I'm left with nothing but boring, bland, tasteless tofu. And here you are, trying to hop on my plate and steal some of the champ's flavor. And I see through you, your hype. And here's some advice from a real top guy. If I were you, I would leave this ring. I wouldn't keep talking smack to my pores. I love that he calls us my his pores. Um, and because if you don't, for the rest of your career, whenever our names are mentioned in the same sentence, it'll read, sure, Jay is good, but he's no MJF because I'm better than you and you know it. And Jay's like, listen. I got my own personal, authentic MJF experience, but I'm a bit let down by it because something's different about you. I don't know if it's the injuries, but I think you're distracted by Adam Cole, and I just don't think they love you like they love Adam Cole. And this whole situation with Adam, it's kind of my fault because if I didn't temporarily end Adam Cole's career at Forbidden Door 1, you wouldn't have had developed a soft spot for him. But I guess you got him back because he broke his ankle and it was your fault. And I'm sure your neck isn't feeling good after Samoa Joe last week. So I think I've been ruining your life for a little bit now. But I'm here to ruin your life in the flesh. But you need to find another level to stop me from taking that title away 
you don't seem so elite compared to me. I'm the catalyst of professional wrestling, and I will be a truly elite champion when I pull that title away from your carcass. And you're, you're, you will have your fans. They will have you. I will have the Triple B. And you can all breathe with the Switchblade because this is still my era. This is the Switchblade era because you've gone soft and you know it. And they tried to do mind games. Jay White tried to basically do mind games. And then he rolled out of the ring basically once he got under MJF's skin. He's screaming up in his face. Um, outstanding promo battle. It's what I expect with MJF and whoever he gets in the ring with. And Jay White and MJF, that is intriguing. That is very, very intriguing. Um, this match, uh, as of now at least, and I don't think it will be, it was not announced for Wrestle Dream. Like he, Max is not wrestling two two matches in one night again. He's only in the the handicap match right now with the Righteous for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. So uh, we'll probably have to wait until uh, the next pay per view for that to happen. So probably full gear for him to defend the title against Jay White, which will be very exciting. Um, but this promo battle was outstanding, and straight up, uh, I don't think Adam is being fully honest with Max, and I think we're getting even closer to the inevitable turn of Adam Cole turning on MJF. Um, I remember specifically when they showed a little backstage segment after All In, London, secretly that mask that devil mask was above adam cole's head in his locker i saw so and that'll bring up something that closed up the show which we'll get to but this promo segment regardless outstanding best part of the show i think so what's awesome what is uh super awesome about the segment this is probably one of my favorite segments of the year uh because um jay white such a you know, like dastardly villain, and then MJF is one too. And it's funny that these two match up because it, it's funny that I'm talking to you because only one person can actually, uh, actually, uh, be like verify what I'm about to say other than Jay White, and he happens to be on the phone on this call with me. Uh, remember when we met Jay White in Vegas? Yes. And I said, when are you going to show MJF how to be a proper villain? Yeah, I remember that. I literally called this at that moment. Because I love MJF. Phenom, he's everything that he says he is. But I always said, bad guy, uh, people like him too much to be a bad guy. Right. You know who people don't like? Jay White. <laughs> Jay White. <laughs> they hate that man. And when he thinks you might be starting to cheer him, he'll like, oh, let me stop it and insult you. Because <laughs> he called them pores. He, 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 brought, he brought them back your pathetic pores. As soon as they seemed like they were kind of turning on his side, he's like, nah-uh. Because he's the switchblade. He does this. King switch, baby. I have no side in this. I just, I just want to see... Okay, I want them to wrestle a regular, like, do the best that they can match. But, (coughs) you know, five stars and all that stuff is great. But I just want to see a cheat fest. I want to see a match with two terrible people keep trying to out-cheat each other. (laughs) And that 
That will be my match. And I know some people will panic. What about all the off inside interference and all the distractions and the nut shots and the, and the ring shots? Dude, I want all of it. I want all of it. That That is my dream MJF Jay White match. Could they go out there and do 45 minutes and do all the moves and, you know, blow you out the water? N yes. But I want a 20 minute cheat fest where both of them. Jay White's doing the roll out the ring thing. They're they're choking each other with the ropes. You know, MJF's trying to use the ring. I want it to be just like a spectacle of dirtiness. And that's what I like. I like uh I would love with these two people just because yeah. MJF, he's not saying he's a good person. He's just our scumbag. Jay White is doesn't care about being anybody's anything. He just cares about being champion, the catalyst, the king switch, all the nicknames. And I just love that he got to be him. I thought I felt like he'd done promos and they've been really good. But I felt like this is the first time everybody got to see 100% Jay White unaffected by him anything MJF saying said he goes in there and he just tells him you're gone soft and I'm you're gone soft and your neck is hurt and now he's playing all the mental games and the tofu thing okay as a person that hates all things vegetarian and vegan uh yes I will never I like I think I've had tofu and other stuff but whatever it was accident <laughs> uh, it was accident it, you know I don't know if you mean Scott Pilgrim versus the world and he's like Absolutely. Well, he's like, well, milk isn't vegan? <laughs> and <they're> like, yep. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I feel with tofu. I'm like, oh, this has tofu. Whatever. But yes, that tofu line and how he explained it, I was like, oh my God, that is Jay White and AEW for a lot of ways. You know, he worked, but then they put the guns and you know, rock hard around him and it's like, oh my God, he works so much better with all those people around him. So no, it's, yeah, this was like Honestly, can't probably tell you a segment, just a segment, non-wrestling non talking segment I enjoyed more than this this year. Yeah, no, it was outstanding, I gotta say. Um, moving on, though, we had uh, uh, Jim Ross having a sit-down interview with Darby Allin and the new TNT champion Christian Cage, as they will be having a two-out-of-three falls match for the TNT championship at WrestleDream. And Christian basically been like, I've been the TNT champion for months, and I've already proven I'm far superior to Darby Allen. This past Saturday, I'm collision. I'm walking out of Seattle as the TNT champion because I know in my heart, Darby, you are nowhere near the man that I am. And you're nowhere near the wrestler I am. And I asked for this match because I want to see what you can do when you actually have to wrestle. And he's like, is your uncle going to be in attendance for this match? And what happened to him? And basically be like, you know, going from the father to the uncle now. And Darby's like, he's dead. And he's like, do you really think I'm afraid of dying? And you think I'm afraid of losing? You can't beat me. I'm winning this Sunday. And he's like, why don't you bring all the family? You can bring Nick. You can bring Nick's mom. And he's like, you want me to bring Nick so you can take advantage of him? I'll tell him not to show up. If you had the balls, you'd tell Luchasaurus not to show up. And Christian goes like, he needs a man. I will always be the face of TNT. Get used to it. Um, this might be one of my most anticipated matches, honestly, of uh, WrestleDream. It is so, so exciting. Honestly, I'm, I'm so, I'm so gassed to see how this match sh uh, shakes out. I think there's it, this and another match that I'll talk about when we get to it. But 
This is one of my most anticipated matches of the show. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Darby, two out of three falls. I feel like we've done the can Darby wrestle thing. You know, I think. Oh, we, sure. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, he can, he we can know wrestle. he can. We know he can wrestle. So, uh, no, I've, I, I am. I'm OK with uh, this. I think Christian is the perfect person to do this with. And, you know, it just feels like we're getting closer and closer to someone coming to uh, have a problem with Christian. And it's just like, I would be okay with that, you know. But uh, I know Christian is going to deliver. I know Darby's going to do what he can, and they're going to put on an amazing match. But, unfortunately, there is going to be this air of anticipation if another Adam maybe shows up to the match. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Moving on from this moment on, uh, we had uh, a four-way dream, uh, Wrestle Dream preview match, basically. Austin Gunn versus Matt Jackson versus Orange Cassidy versus Penta El Zero Miedo. And, yeah, this was just nuts. This was as nuts as it would be. Um. All of these guys are great workers, um, and they basically like they, at one point they're like all just trading moves against each other. Um, Orange Cassidy gets elbows, and then Austin Gunn hits him with a neckbreaker. Orange Cassidy then gets hit with a destroyer by Penta. Then Matt Jackson hits a destroyer on Penta. Orange Cassidy hits a destro- like destroyer on, on on Matt, and then he hits Austin with one. It's just again. Exactly what you expect. Just move after move after move with these guys, just throwing everything at the wall immediately. Um, and then as Penta is about to get hit with the BTE trigger by Matt, he blocks it and he takes down uh, Austin Gunn then with a sling blade. Then Austin Gunn then goes after Orange with the Famouser, and then uh, he gets a near fall. He almost stole it against all these guys, but then they all get up and they super kick Austin Gunn in the face. They are all trading uh, kicks with each other, but then eventually Orange Cassidy hits the orange punch on Matt Jackson, and he gets the victory. And of course, this match is uh, the preview for what we're getting, which is the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros versus the Guns versus Orange Cassidy and Hook, uh, which is going to be fucking nuts. Orange Cassidy and Hook. I it's mean, weird. It's, it's weird. weird. It's. So, but again, Danhausen, Danhausen, and Hook was also weird. Yeah. But I, here's the deal with me, though. Like, do I like Hook teaming with these people that don't fit him? Absolutely, I think entertaining. But this is art. We got that with Hookhausen, so this just kind of feels more the same. I think these guys will work together very well in this match at Wrestle Dream. I kind of want bigger things for Hook, though. See, and it's like I feel like it's a step back for Orange Cassidy after that amazing. Oh, no, it's, it it is, it is, like, it is. Like I mean, I of course want bigger things for Hook, but this just feels like, like almost like a a waiting thing to find something, you know, find something for him really to do, you know, that kind of thing. And I just, you know, it is what it is. I it's you know sometimes you do get you know go down the card or whatever. So this is going to be good. Um, the match, the fatal four way, of course, 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You got uh, the Young Bucks in there. You know, this match is going to, you know, it's going to be amazing. You got the guns in there. You got, you know, it's the guns. Who's the fourth team I'm missing? Uh, it's... uh. The guns, Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, Lucha Bros. Orange Cats. Yeah. yeah, they're they're gonna tear this down and you know, Phoenix is gonna have a chance to become, you know, if he can win this Yeah, win he hold two belts. Two belts, which he's already done, you know, so Yeah. You know, uh now I'm looking forward to uh I'm looking forward to what the the fatal four way. I think it's gonna be amazing. This match was really fun. I I think Austin is gun. He's good, but I think he's really starting to come into his own as a performer. Like during, you remember his moments in the match, even if he's not winning, you're you're very aware of moments in the match, and I think that's uh, pretty cool for him because you know you've seen him come along from just being a cheerleader, and uh, during the pandemic times to being oh, somebody absolutely. featured in the show. He, I dude, I went back to looking at the clearance on shop.com, mm. and I saw the. Uh, the, uh, their old shirt where they were wearing like just basic AEW stuff and they had signs when they were in the pandemic crowd. And it's like crazy to see that they went from just doing that during the pandemic era and now they're like yeah. in this huge match on uh, Wrestle Dream and like they're one of their best tag teams. Yeah, and they're AEW originals and still get booed, which tells you how good <laughs> of bad guys they are. Because exactly. AEW originals generally don't get booed, you know, and they, you know, first matches, everything's on national TV. They're killing it. And I thought he, I thought he came out well in this match. When you have someone like Pentagon, very charismatic, you know, Sarah, you know, and then you got somebody like Matt Jackson. And you have all these people, you could get lost in the shuffle. I thought Austin Gunn stood out in this match, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we then... Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. We uh, move over to uh, Julia Hart facing off against Willow Nightingale. Um, and this is coming off of Julia Hart beating Sky Blue on Collision as well. She hasn't been beaten in like 17 months. She, Julia Hart. Um, and she uh, had been hit with a missed attack basically last. Willow Nightingale had been hit with a missed attack last week by uh, Julia and her eye was bandaged. Um, and Willow was getting some good offense early on, but then Julia basically is able to work her, work her a little bit, and as Willow gets her upside down in the corner, she dodges a cannonball splash and then hits a moonsault and then proceeds to get the heartless submission, and after she wins off the moonsault and she's doing the heartless, and she, basically same thing she did on Collision, keeping the submission locked in and holding it and holding it, and then Chris Statlander comes out saving her friend, and Julia just... Has Brody Click King in her in her uh, in front of her, and she's just laughing. Um, I love I love the build that we're getting of Julie Hart, though. Like I said, she's so she's still so young, and she still shows so much promise. This was a solid match, I think. Uh, there's definitely room for improvement, I would say. Um, but I think Julia is starting to really get the chance to shine uh, as uh, a wrestler, as opposed to just a valet. 
And I think she, her and Chris Statlander intrigues me heavily. I think this has the chance to be uh, Chris Statlander's best feud that she's had with the TBS championship. So I think this has the big chance to really like give the TBS championship a big match and a big feud that people can be really uh, sink their teeth into. Yes. The second, I I have to say the second, um, you know, when it comes, I mean, when she, the second best or the biggest second in wrestling is what I was trying to get to Brody King. Who's a more intimidating uh, second looking like the, the the worst big brother ever. The one you don't want to walk in that house and meet. It's like, he's going to murder you. And that's what he comes out there looking, just walking behind. And then, you know, Julia, Julia is, you know, coming, you've come, seen her come along. Yeah. And it's like, and her last loss was to Chris Statlander. And it's just like, they're using, you know, the stories and stuff that was, you know, built on, you know, darks and all that kind of stuff. And like, oh, it's still, the thing and it's just like and then her promo with the house always wins i have you know i'm very impressed looking they have made me they've done a great job of making me excited for this match that if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago like ah chris statlander versus julia i was like oh i'm just another win for chris statlander but now they've made me think that julia could win the match which is what you need to do with it build out in the people that's watching the uh, watching your uh, shows, you need to build out and doubt in their mind that you know either person could win. And now I think they have successfully built that doubt with Julia. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then we close out the show with a contract signing between Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland. Kind of weird, I will say that the contract signing is for a, just a match between two wrestlers, and no, they're not champions, but. I digress. I mean, Hangman is a champion. He's a six-man ROH champion, but, you know, it's not for a world title or anything like that. thought it was kind of weird, but, you know, it's fine. But for this uh, contract signing, the Elite and the Mogul Embassy, they are banned from ringside. And Swerve goes, before you sign this paper, I got to... Pause, pause, because Swerve did the the biggest, not pause in the show, but the biggest heel move ever before this happened. He didn't let Prince Nada do the dance. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yes, we have to comment on that too. Yes, because I haven't gotten the chance to do that. No. Uh, I was honestly going to do it after I got through the the promo stuff, but Prince Nana has started a movement. It's uh, first of all the fact that it's so crazy that at this point, my my first thing if I was training somebody to become like a star in AEW, and I was like, and they were asking me like, what what do I got to do to get over? I'm like, get yourself a dance move because whether it's goddamn uh, Daniel Garcia or whether it's Prince Nana, you do some stupid ass dance moves that fans can intim- can imitate and they can latch onto. You will be beloved. The amount of people I see dancing like Nana to Swerve's uh, entrance music, it's unbelievable. And yes, Swerve cuts it off and stops Nana from dancing and the crowd is furious dude dude he he he, he made an enemy of tiffany tiffany first post she's like he stopped the nana dance uh dude yeah no i i am like dude somewhere there is going to be and I, I brought this up i don't know if i said it last show or not but somewhere there's going to be a wrestling 
uh, a couple, a couple that likes wrestling and they're about to get married. Dude, I, I will, I will send you a bottle of some class A if you, your first dance is to the swerve, swerve song and y'all do the Prince Nana dance. Cause that would like, if me and my wife were planning our wedding, that's, that's what would be going on. And it's all about the attitude. That's the whole thing. It's a ridiculous dance, but Nana, when he's doing, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's just he's just going with the flow. So yeah, Swerve looks at the crowd and he's about to go. And he he gets his arm lost and he sticks his hand up there. Nah, nah, they don't deserve it. Colorado don't deserve it. I love it. Nah. I love it. You know, now tell us what everybody said because yes. I just thought that was the most contrary. I was like, that was. I again, that, that just shows the level that Swerve's on though. Like I yeah. said, I think Swerve is one of the best heels in AEW right now. Like when, you, when you're he's healing so it, good, yeah, and he gets it, and he gets it, and it's just like how he did it was just so nonchalantly, uh, like nope, they don't get that. Mm-hmm. And Donna's like, yes, sir. Um, but he goes basically before you sign this paper. But I gotta admit, Hangman, I've been impressed with the fire that you've been showing the past few weeks, but a bit too late for that because we're four days out from our match. Do you understand what you're walking into? The lion's den. Detroit? Just kidding. Uh, this is unlike anything you've ever dealt with. We are two competitors who couldn't be more opposite from one another. You are not the wrestler I am, and I am never going to be the wrestler you are. What's a buckshot to a kill shot? I see where he was going with there. I thought that line fell a little flat, but I thought it was still relatively all right. Um, Heyman goes, basically, it sounds like you're fired up and good. You should be. You said a few things to me a few weeks ago that stung, and I've had time to think about it, and for over a year and a half, every day that I came to work, I felt like there was a little dark cloud hanging that I did not get rid of. Damn punk. Sorry. Uh, and sure, the sun would shine. I'd beat John Moxley in a Texas death match. I'd reunite with my friends in the elite. I felt like I should be the happiest man in the world, but every time I started to smile, that little cloud came back, and it started to rain, and I couldn't do anything about it. I had a little umbrella next to me, and, I, and as long as God let it rain on me, I didn't open it. Uh, but that's over with. I weathered the storm, and I am still here. And I thought that that downpour washed something out of me. I don't know if it was hope or passion, but it washed out of me. And I recognized you. And these people deserve more of me. They deserve the best of me. And I deserve it for myself. And you will be getting the best of Hangman in Seattle at Wrestle Dream, it's sort of like it's beautiful, but it's probably the most pathetic thing I've ever seen because this isn't a personal thing. It could have been anyone in this position. Uh, truth be told, I might have a mental health problems because I make an enemy every single day. I'm going to take this position from you at Wrestle Dream, and by the way, it rains an awful lot in Seattle. And Hangman proceeds to be like, "You want this spot? You want a main event spot? I don't know." We could sit here and go back and forth about opportunities to me, but for every opportunity I've had, I've knocked it out of the park. So you want a, you want this spot? You tell me you want this spot? You're damn right you should want it, but you don't have what it takes to fill my boots. Swerve then slaps uh, Hangman in the face, signs the contract. Hangman then proceeds to stab Swerve's hand with the pen. Security separates the two. And then as this is going on, though, and they're separated, we then immediately cut backstage, camera crews rushing over, 
and there's these group of gang guys and they're dressed in black head to toe wearing masks and they swarm Jay White and they attack Jay White and one of the cam- guys looks one of the attackers looks into the camera and he's wearing MJF's devil mask and he cocks his head to the side but it doesn't look like it's MJF under the mask first thing before we get into the whole of that the promo itself battle between Hangman and Swerve I thought was solid I don't think it was anything insanely good. I thought it was solid. I thought the way that they moved it about basically Swerve trying to be a main event player. Hangman, of course, is the established guy in AEW. Um, I thought it was a good way to go about it. And yeah, I thought they did a solid enough job. Some of the sp- the lines I thought didn't hit in the way that they were intended to. Like They didn't hit with the same level of just venom or just the same sting. Uh, but they still uh, were some good lines in there. Um, but obviously, since we got the already incredible promo battle between uh, Jay White and MJF, I already had that still fresh in my mind. And then when I got this one, and it it didn't come close. This was still solid, but it wasn't what we saw earlier in the night. And when you have two like promo battles setting up a big match, even if this one is actually going to be for this weekend, and Jay White and MJF is not, it's still that match that one had a bigger and it could be just because it was it was surrounding the AEW world title and the stakes were higher but i just believe it's because jay white and uh uh mjf are better promo cutters uh and and i think swerve's one of the best this was just not his best of his best i would say i will maybe i'm maybe i'm being a little bit more picky on this though i think you know there's darby allen there's Hook. There's people that really understand who their character is. I think Swerve is on that level. I think yes. he has an understanding of what he wants to get across better than pretty much anybody in the company. Oh, sure. Yeah. He is desperate. He's like, I tried to do it that way. I tried to do it the right way. You know, I got as far as I could doing that way. And he broke. He saw so many people getting shots that he wasn't getting. Moving ahead, look at where Keith Lee is. You know, everybody was like, oh, yeah, Keith Lee's going to be the guy. And, and I'm not, and I, you know, injuries, whatever's going on with him is what's going on with him. But he is definitely not being featured in the company right now. You know, he's had a couple promos, but he hasn't been featured in the company. So it's like all these spots are getting passed up and it's just drove swerve to this to a darker side of him the kill shot side of him the mogul side of him and he's like i have to be bigger and yeah hangman he 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 if you're looking at the pack you know and swerves the line hangman was that uh injured antelope in the back just waiting to be eaten and Swerve's like, I see you. And he picks him out. And I thought Hangman did a good job saying, I'm not, I might not have appreciated the spot that I'm in more as much as I should have. But you know what? I kill it when they ask me to. And when I look at it, I thought both of them got across perfectly what position that they're in. 
Now, did the kill shot to a buckshot? Actually, you know, I thought it was just a, a line. I honestly it didn't like sink in. I wouldn't even brought it up if uh you would probably even mention it. Uh but yeah, I just thought there was just some digs there and then the CM Punk thing, if that's what it was about. I, I assume that's what it's about. That's what everybody assumed. I mean, I think I honestly don't think that's what he intended because I don't think uh, Hangman's still hung up on this because no pun intended. Uh I don't think he's still hung up but on this. It, uh, but if you think but, about a year and a half ago, like when he's talking about, that's right around the time where he cut the workers' rights thing or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. It's when he, huh? It's lo- when he lost the world title. So of course that's when you're going to cut back to when yes. you know everything was kind of going a bit downhill. It's because it's when you lost yeah. the world title. Yeah. Who'd you lose to the world? The world title to. Yeah. And look, that's that's the way that I came in my head because I'm a pissy little piss boy and I miss my favorite wrestler. It's yeah, like yeah. I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just yeah, being an asshole. I'm not trying to claim moral high ground. As a fellow sore loser, I completely understand where you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly do think – I mean, Hangman's cut great promos talking about his mental health and talking about yeah. like his – anxieties and stuff like that and i always said it could have just been like all that kind of stuff was just because of like you know after he lost the world title he went on a downhill spiral it very well could be but But, yeah there was another guy who was causing a downward spiral for you yeah i mean literally in a in a show where ftr is wrestling aussie open this is still my almost anticipated match and that, and if you don't that in itself if you know how much i love ftr and aussie open that in itself should be impressive. They have sold me so much on this match. This is my most anticipated match. F- fair enough. Fair enough. I will, I, I will give you all the credit in the world for that. I will yeah. give you credit. Yeah. Um, but that was AEW Dynamite, the go-home show. Um, now, going into uh, Paige, which is airing tonight when you guys are hearing this in Collision, uh, Floyd, do you have all of the matches that have been announced for Collision and for Rampage? I believe I have the, uh, the I was Rampage. Say, I, was say, I have definitely have Rampage. Let me look at Collision because I think all I have is the eight. The one match I saw because, yeah, we have Brian Danielson, Wheeler Yuta, and FTR versus Ricky Starks, Bill, Big Bill, and Aussie Open in a giant eight-man tag match. So, so that's like one of the biggest matches so that if you signed up for. If you are uh, – I, I was going to talk about this match. If you are a New Japan uh, fan – uh, this is right out of the New Japan playbook. When they have a show the night or a couple days before the pay-per-view, like they'll have multiple shows on the weekend, the night before right. all the people like that are in matches together will have a forum four match, or their factions will have a forum four match. So I just thought that was... I, th- I actually thought that was uh, pretty cool. It okay. was. It's very New Japan-like. Yes. And then we... Oh, yeah. We're getting the best friends versus the kingdom for Collision. Yep, so I'm I'm always down for more best friend stuff. And then El Idolo versus Juice Robinson. Yeah, and El Idolo is coming off of a loss to Jay White, so now he's trying to take down the other member of Bullet Club Gold. Oh, yes, so I I did have a question, sir. Uh, Were we going to talk about this later, who we thought the masked man was? That was what I was going to ask you, too, yes. Was the the masked person after the... uh, I was going to get that out of the way after I did the, the collision oh, okay. rampage. Oh, okay, yeah, we can talk about it in a minute. Well, yeah, yeah those are yeah. the only so, three yeah. matches for I've rampage, seen for yeah. Collision. 
Valid. Yeah. And Rampage, you have a New Japan Strong Openweight Championship match between Eddie Kingston and Rocky Romero. AW Trios Open Championship uh, challenge between the acclaimed, the Trios World Champion, and Daddy S. And the Hardys and Brothers A. And then you have the Righteous who will be in action. And you get Ruby Soho versus Hikaru Shida with the winner getting an AEW Women's World Championship shot on Dynamite title Tuesday, October 10th. So that's what you got for Rampage tonight. But yes, in regards to the masked person who jumped Jay White, um, I've heard multiple people saying multiple different things. Um, I want to go to Floyd, though, first with his thoughts on who okay. he thinks the masked devil person was. I think the obvious thing is Adam Cole. Let me get him out the way. It's if that sure. cool is a work, blah, blah, blah. It's Adam Cole. I, I, at that point, if his ankle's actually broken, I have come up with someone I think it could be that would help his career, and, but it might not make sense. So my first person, my first idea is Jungle Boy. Hmm. The guy was kind of smaller. He was kind of slighter. And he had the mask on. Jungle Boy was going towards uh uh going towards the uh you know bad guy thing already he was already a heel uh i mean if you wanted to say he had a little backstage skirmish at all in 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 the um in the shuffle you know he might have grabbed a mask you know what i mean he realized he needed to find the devil to get there i just thought of in my head, I thought of who would be the best person to go be, who whose career is kind of stale that might need it. And that's where I went with Jungle Boy, right? Mm-hmm. The other person I went to, if it's, again, not Adam Cole. It's not Adam Cole. If you saw the devil mask guy didn't attack him, right? Yes. What about Burt Baker? That was exactly where I went to because, honestly... I'm not trying to like 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 from looking at it just from straight up, it kind of looks like it's like like the mask is bigger, way bigger than the person's head. And then you know they what I mean? and somebody brought up that they had a bun, so they would have had to put their hair up in a bun to put the mask on. So it's going to be somebody with long hair, right? So it very well could be a female. And if there's any female that ties into any of that. that I would also say Britt Baker. That would honestly be my guess. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, those are my two guesses. But, you know, obvious, the the guess is Adam Cole. That, that, I mean, that's the obvious one, is that he's faking, sure. faking the ankle injury, and he's going to end up being the devil. That's, that's obvious. If it's that, I still think it's brilliant. Sometimes doing what's right is still what's best. You know what I mean? I know people Absolutely. like uh, everybody wants to get shocked, but yeah, I mean, it being Adam Cole, him, you know, there's no need to swear for the sake of being a swerve. Like yeah. just sometimes yeah. just tell it, give yeah. the story what it needs. If Adam Cole's ankle is not actually broke, it should be Adam Cole. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. That's who it should be. If Adam Cole's ankle is not, it is broken, that's when it gets fun. That that's when the guessing sure. game because they've had to pivot because if you think like everyone thinks is that it was going to be full gear MJF versus Adam Cole again if that's what you thought was it was going and if Adam Cole broke his ankle I mean that's a huge pivot that's your main event yeah. for your show and you have to pivot to see how to pivot but I wanted to commend AEW and Dynamite 
I feel like that was the best dynamite in a long time. And I feel right now, this is the, like, I haven't had this feeling in a while. I am actually anticipating dynamite next week. Like, I'm like, I want to know what's going to, even with the pay-per-view, I am anticipating dynamite. Cause I feel like that's where this, this story is going to play out more is on dynamite. And I'm like, what the fuck is going to go down? So, oh yeah, no, I'd the fallout from Wrestle Dream, I think, is going to be wild. I do think, which I think that leads in perfectly to us actually previewing the current Wrestle Dream card as it stands uh, before Rampage, before Collision, in case any other matches get announced. But we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten matches that have been announced for AEW, and that's their uh, that's Wrestle- their usual number. So it is their normal number. Yes. Uh, first up. We'll start from kind of like bottomish to topish. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Wheeler Yuta, which was announced on Dynamite. Um, and I, like I said, I think this match has the ability to be a, like a absolute work fest. I think both of these guys are incredible wrestlers. Um, I think uh, Ricky Starks needs it because I don't think Wheeler Yuta is in a position to be in a singles push in anytime soon. Not that he's not able to do that, but just Ricky, you know. He's had a lot of things get in his way for actually continuing the steady push of a singles career for him. And I think Ricky Starks needs it. And I want him to get a, uh, continue to get pushed because he's genuinely so amazing. So I have Ricky Starks winning. Oh, I absolutely have Ricky Starks winning. But if you ever you need somebody to put on a banger match and lose, that's that's what Willie Yuta does. They're going to kill it. It's going to be an amazing match. I wouldn't be shocked if it starts off the show. It is that's what you want is, you know, Ricky starts to get a big win. Will you just got to do it with. All right. You then have Eddie Kingston versus Katsuyori Shibata for both the ring of honor world championship and the new strong open championship. Uh, both titles are on the line for this match. Um, and this is going to be a damn slug fest. I know. Um, and I think Eddie Kingston wins it. I think he's after re-signing, after just what he's been doing with New Japan and the shine that this man has gotten. I think Eddie's well deserved this opportunity to beat one of his uh, idols and do it on this card. I think Eddie Kingston wins. Oh, absolutely! Eddie Kingston wins. Chapada's going to put on a great match. They're going to hit each other hard. <laughs> These are, I mean, this is, I mean, these are Eddie Kingston specials. If you remember the pay-per-view match, uh, the pay-per-view matches that he's had with like CM Punk and then the pay-per-view match he had with, uh, it was a June Akiyama, the, the match that he had with June so? Akiyama, uh, and they just knock the shit out of each other and it gets the crowd into it and it's amazing. So I think, yeah, it'll be awesome. All right. We have MJF. On his own in a two-on-one handicap match against the Rock for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. I don't. Um, I don't think he'll be on his own. I am going. Captain Insano makes his AEW debut as the secret partner of MJF. But do they win? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You don't bring Captain Insano out to lose. Captain Insano and MJF retain the titles. I think that's a nice, okay. feel-good moment for the show. Uh, but if he does, 
go through and do two out of three falls, he's probably going to lose. But I think I was going to say I don't I don't think he's going to have a partner show up, and I think he's going to be by himself, and I think they're just going to get the Ring of Honor tag titles off of MJF and Adam Cole because I think it's just you know it's cool that they won them uh, for uh, uh, all in. But I don't think that they're, you know, they're not a ring of honor. They're not doing anything with those tag titles or anything like that. It should be on some people that will be doing ring of honor tapings, be doing matches against other ring of honor tag teams. So I would say MJF gets no help and takes a rare loss as the righteous basically team up on him. I like the righteous, so I would not have a problem with that, but it just feels like. Captain Insano Day's views last night. MJF doesn't have I would go absolute bananas for a Captain Insano appearance. Yeah, Captain Insano and MJF tagging up to win a match. I think it's just, I don't think you pass up on that, you know, that pop. You don't pass up on it. Yeah. Hmm. Now we move on to uh, the next match, which is Chris Statlander and Julia Hart facing off for the TBS championship. Uh, yeah, I think this match is a really cool setup. I think hmm. See, I'm kind of torn on this one. I think they might go Julia, honestly. I think they might go Julia. I think they like Chris Statlander, but I don't think she's she hasn't suffered or anything like that. She needs something to overcome. And I think Julia Hart, which is a weird ta- kind of person to overcome with her mist and the way that she has the House of Black in her back pocket. Um, I think Julia Hart wins if she becomes your new TBS champion. AEW always has this in their back pocket. I think this is the match. This is one of the matches they use it on. I think Julia uh, looks like she's about to lose. She's about to get the move. She spits mist in and Chris Statlander's eye gets DQ'd. And I think Chris Statlander wins by DQ from getting misted in the eye. And then she has, you know, that sets up another big match between those two. All right. FTR versus Aussie Open for the AEW Tag Team Championships, what should be an absolute barn burner. And I think FTR retains. This truly could be the tag team match of the year. Uh, if you watched their match from New Japan last year, if you feel like going back to it, uh, they their styles, though different, complement each other really, really well. So that being uh, that being said, uh, yeah, I think FTR is going to win. I, I think they're going to go 35 minutes. They might put on the tag team match of the year. Aussie Open. I even said they're my tag team in waiting. The day FTR says, "Hey, uh, we're hanging it up. We're done." Aussie Open's my new favorite tag team. I would honestly, like I said, I'm I, I get that completely. I get yeah, that because like, I, I I love their style, and it's not the same as FTR. They're not a traditional old school tag team style. They're they're a lot more hard hitting. Fletcher is like really good at moving around, but I love Mark Davis chopping the shit out of people. I love their, their, their double team moves are really good. I, I you know it's funny they've evolved on the tag team based on Fletcher's size getting much bigger. They used to be a very Somewhat different tag team, but now they're a very physical, straightforward tag team. Perfect. I don't think this is the match you put them over FTR. I do think you eventually do. I don't know if they're the team to beat FTR, but I do think they eventually should beat FTR. It's just not on Sunday. So, Yeah. yeah. 
Next up, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros versus the Guns versus Orange Cassidy and Hook. This will be moves on top of moves on top of moves on top of moves. Um, I expect this match to be a lot of like hardcore AEW fans' uh, favorite match, I think, just because of all the shit that they'll throw out at this match. Um, so many talented people in this uh, one. Um, I will go with the safe bet. I will pick the Young Bucks. Yeah, I think it's Young Bucks versus FTR in LA. It just like it just makes sense. And you know the problem with the Young Bucks versus FTR in LA, right? It's in, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna immediately start looking for tickets and I should You are, yes, and you're going into Young Bucks country too, is what I would warn you. Yes, but no, it's just like FTR versus Young Bucks. I waited too long. I waited too long to miss this match. I'm like, I don't plan on being in full gear. So I'm it, it, like, there's a little piece of me praying that it's any other team. <laughs> or, it's yeah. a, or, or it's a different, or it's on a different show. Yes. No, it's like, yeah, but it's going to be FTR versus Young Bucks. It's going to be in LA. It just makes too much sense. And yeah, so probably going to be looking for. All right. Uh, Christian Cage versus Darby Allen. Two out of three falls for the TNT Championship. Will be outstanding. Christian will win um, through. Sh- I don't know if he'll, like he'll like he'll probably win through some shenanigans because it's how Christian rolls. Um, I c- I couldn't tell you exactly, but I do think Christian wins. I don't think he wins clean in at least one of the falls. Uh, so. But it's Christian Cage retaining the TNT Championship because this man needs to be the face of TNT. Otherwise, you're going to get called out for having a dead dad. Yes. Um, yeah, I want it to be Darby. It's at full gear. I believe I saw Darby beat Cody for the title at full gear. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that happened. Yeah, that did happen. So I uh, I think, you know, making full gear kind of the Darby thing and in Seattle – He's won a title at Full Gear. He's won a title at Seattle. This match is for the title. It's Full Gear in Seattle. Let's go. Darby Allen winner. Yeah, all right. I would love it if Darby won straight up. Uh, Chris Jericho and the Golden Lovers versus the Don Callis family. Uh, oh, no, no. I just thought about it with Darby Allen. Nick, Nick Wayne's going to turn on Darby. And Darby's oh. Nick Wayne's going to turn. That's 100%. I had this thought last night. I didn't write it down, and it just like as we were moving, okay, so you it popped, popped over. It popped in my head because I think Nick Wayne's turning out. I think Christian set it up by saying he needs a better role model. Nick Wayne turns on Darby. Okay, Dar- Darby uh, loses to Christian. Chris Jericho and the Golden Lovers and the Don Callis family facing off. Um, Don Callis family needs heat, so. Make this Don Callis family feel like a threat and beat Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Obushi. Don't I, pin Obushi, though. I will kill you if you if you pin Obushi. I think you have to pin Obushi. But uh No! I refuse. I, I don't think Out we'll, of love for that man, I refuse. I don't think Will Ospreay is gonna be on the losing side of anything until his name's officially on the side of dot, dotted line for AEW coming to AEW, so Will Ospreay wins this match. Will Ospreay. He, he's in. Uh, he's he's on the uh, one team, right? Is he? No, it's, it's Jericho and the Golden Lovers versus. Uh, oh yeah, it is Osprey. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. 
Yeah, I was like, yeah, well, Osprey's. Yeah, I I forgot. I honestly forgot, like, because Osprey hasn't been on TV in a bit, so like, I straight up forgot. So, fair enough. But I just don't want I don't want Abushi taking the pin. That's just how I feel. I don't want Abushi taking the pin. So yeah, it's Osprey, Guevara, and Kineski. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Sorry, I just completely I blanked on that. So that's on me. I haven't seen Osprey on TV in a minute. My bad, dude. You could have totally had me because I was really doubting myself there for a second. I, I know they announced Osprey. I should have <laughs> just held it. I should have just held on to it. I should have just held on to it. Um, Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. This is my next anticipated match because this was the match we were supposed to get for uh, Forbidden Door 1. This was the match I was going to see in person, and Danielson got hurt, and we got Zack Sabre Jr. versus the debuting Claudio Castagnoli, which was a lot of fun. But I know the match I would have gotten between Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. would have been better. Claudio was amazing, and having him debut was the better moment. This match, I've waited to see this match. And this is probably between, like I said, between this and between... uh, Between this and between... Hangman and Swerve. Uh, this is my most anticipated match, I think. I think Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. is my most anticipated match. Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. is one of these matches that I think could be amazing. And I think real, like, I, I, I hate to say it like that. Uh, fans of technical wrestling might love, but you're average wrestling fan might be bored out of their fucking mind. Oh, I know. So, it's like, it is a dream match, but Zack Sabre wrestles a niche style that not everyone likes. Brian Danielson loves that niche style, and he will be down to wrestle that niche style right along with him. Some fans, not gonna like it, but I think, you know, it'll start off very technical, It'll eventually, they'll loosen up towards the end, and they'll end up putting on a really good match, but it might take some fans a little bit longer to get into it. Yeah, exactly. But this is my most anticipated just because I know what these guys can do with this style, and I think, even if you're not a fan of this style, though, nobody does it better than Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. So, you might get into this type of match uh, just because of these two. And Danielson has not led me astray. He is honestly my goat of AEW right now. This dude just drops banger matches like a motherfucker. And I will be Danielson for as long as I have him because if this man is true and not kidding about what he said about retiring so he can be with his daughter once he she does like she gets to that point, I'm going to appreciate Brian Danielson while I still can because this dude is honestly outstanding. But because of that, I'm picking Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, one of the best wrestlers in the world. I never even thought about this. He's like, he's probably the best American in-ring performer ever. I can't say that in my opinion, but I can't argue against it. I can't say anyone's flat out better. Zack Sabre Jr. understands how to to put on entertaining wrestling matches. He's he was on the Indies for years, New Japan, Cruiserweight Classic, everybody wanted him to sign with WWE. So he knows what he's doing. They're gonna go out, they're gonna entertain the fans in Seattle, 
And Brian Danielson's going to walk out of Seattle as the victor of this match. There you go. And then finally, uh, moving off of that, uh, Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland. Uh, it's Swerve's house. It's Swerve's house. That's all I got to say. When it comes down to it, it sometimes it comes down who should win and who needs this victory. For Swerve's character, having just come off of a lo- kind of a lost feud to Darby and Sting, I think he needs this win to remain yeah. relevant. And I don't think it hurts Hangman. I think Hangman takes a step back and it adds even more to his eventual redemption. So I think Swerve is the call. Yeah. I uh, unless you, unless you're moving Hangman into the I mean cuz if he wins his next thing has to be going after MJF, you know? Yeah, no, he has to go into title uh, stuff cuz this feud would basically cement like it's the whole idea is like you want my spot, you want to be a top guy, you got to take me down first. And if Hangman's truly a top guy, he gets a title opportunity. So that's what you would have to do with Hangman. And quite frankly, I'm not putting Hangman there yet because there's just too much shit going on right now with the Adam Cole, Bebe, and MJF saga that I don't want to put Hangman there yet. So I'd rather give Swerve the push at yeah. this point in time. So Swerve Strickland. Yeah, I mean, we could set up for LH, Hangman trying to get his win back or whatever, but sure. I, think, I think Swerve needs to win Sunday in Seattle. Yes. All right. That is our preview of Wrestle Dream. Uh, now, of course, the... Last bit of news that we have to talk about is one of the biggest wrestling news is regarding AEW. We have to talk about uh, the official announcement that Jade Cargill has officially been signed to a multi-year deal by the WWE. She debuted at the Performance Center and the hype is real for her. They are going crazy promoting her and shouting her out and talking like just gassing her up and just gassing up the fact that they signed her. It's a big deal. It is a thousand percent a big deal. Jade Cargill is an enigma. She is just this presence that you can't deny. Um, And because I never got to comment on it, because of course I wasn't able to talk about her last match against uh, Chris Atlander for the TBS title, which I thought was a really good send off abrupt. I would say obviously because she came back and then, then on rampage, they did the, uh, Send off. I felt like there could have been a little bit more build to the send off, but of course that's not it's not how things work. Sometimes when she came back, it was just the timing wasn't perfect the way I would like it. But Jay to me always felt like you know this girl. Like if WWE knew she existed, they'd sign her. But apparently, that she just slipped their radar, and AEW got to reap the benefits of. Jay uh, literally, they no. She tried out for them. They they I, have the pictures. That's from, right. I from forgot. the trials. No, they knew she existed. They didn't hide her. They didn't. You can't, know, uh, can't make any sense to me, honestly. Maybe she just wasn't ready at the time. I don't know, but it doesn't make any sense to me. But they signed her now, at least at the very least. Uh, but she always struck me as somebody who fits way more with WWE style programming because of her skills and her sets of abilities and what she offers. You can't look away from her. If you're flipping through Fox or you're flipping through the USA Network and she pops up on your screen, you are staying 
until she's not on your screen. And then maybe you'll stick around for whatever else the show has. You want her on your TV show. So I think WWE making the signing, it's a big deal. Um, I wish her nothing but the best. I think she'll do amazing things over there. I hope they treat her right. Um, My biggest thing is I'm wondering if, you know, with her being at the Performance Center and her showing there, does she do stuff on NXT or do they bring her right up? Uh, no, that kind of signing, you bring her right up. I don't I think saying, GJ, the way that they have announced it, you you don't just send her to NXT. Yeah, you bring her right up. I, that was how I was gonna say. Jade seems like I've always said Jade is the nicest person ever. Uh, you know, I was so happy I got to meet her at Double or Nothing with you. Any interactions I've had, she's always nice. She's always great. She's she's that bitch. She is that way she made me say that i was so uncomfortable saying it <laughs> she made me say that at when when i met her uh but um that being said uh yeah she's she's w she, she's wwe look wwe feel wwe skills her she is made for tv she's made for bigger things i don't uh, jade's final stop has never been professional wrestling uh she wants to get in movies she wants to play storm She's talked about all that stuff. She wants to be. Oh, yeah. She wants to be. No, she wants to be the person, right? The best path to she that. She wants to build the brand of Jade Cargill, yeah. and the way that you do that is you absolutely make the jump to WWE when yeah. you get the opportunity. And she's announced as the first signing of TKO. You know, the first. Oh signing. yeah. Yeah. She was announced as the first signing of TKO. She's a home run. She's everything they need. She. I mean, in WWE, I mean work rate quote-unquote is not as important you know what i mean and it's like i think they'll bring her along i think she'll get better at the performance center she'll adapt more to the wwe style what she does what she is everything her entrances her everything has always bled wwe and i think there are some people that all in wwe that will work historically better in AEW, and i think there are some people in AEW that will work historically better in wwe it's just like different off like players working better in different offices and defenses and systems in football you can be like you know that's how it works you know some people thrive in different systems i think she's going to thrive in the wwe and you know like yeah and she doesn't you don't have to be super great promo in the wwe they write your shit for you you just say it and i think she can say anything with attitude anything so no i think she's gonna kill in the wwe my the reason i put on there is for anyone she's sold out blah 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 okay the next time someone offers you a job or better i want you to say no Anyone who says people sold out don't work. Yeah, they don't have jobs. They yeah. don't have to pay bills. Everything is bought and paid for them. You, so I, you still live with your family. I you still live with your parents, and you don't have a job. I love my job. I love the company I work for. I won't ever say which one it is, but I love what company I work for. But if somebody says, <laughs> "Hey, Floyd, we're gonna pay you twice as much to do exactly what you do right now," I am gone. Yeah, gone. There is a cartoon shaped hole in the wall i move so fast so, exactly you know that's how it goes and and also too just because you're an AEW fan doesn't mean you should bash her for going to wwe because yeah. Yeah. you should want to see wrestlers succeed no matter where they go I, I, wwe I, I, may not be what you like for professional wrestling but the last thing the wrestling industry needs is less places for wrestlers to work and wwe is still an avenue for a lot of wrestlers to make a lot of money be very successful and to provide entertaining content that you want to watch and entertaining wrestling that you want to watch. 
I'm all stoked for Jade. I think she's going to tear it up. I hope they use her in a proper way because you always have that fear that they'll get misused. That's just how I am. I'm very cautious with that. I don't think it's the – I don't think she will get misused, but I'm always cautious when it comes to this kind of stuff. When it comes uh, down to it, when you look at wrestling and all that stuff, you don't really find people that have had a lot bad to say about Jay Cargill. Absolutely. So that seems like she's pretty solid human, you know, just based – like I said, sometimes – you know, in a world where everybody takes shots at everybody, no one seems to take a shot at her. She seems to be a good person. So she's someone that I'm going to root for no matter where she's at. And I like, you know, I like WWE. I love AEW. AEW is my preferred brand, but I like WWE. I watch it every week. And not everyone has to, but she didn't sell out. She 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 switched jobs just like every other normal human did. But if you feel a certain kind of way for it, that's great. Feel that way. Keep it to yourself. Straight up. Yeah. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that is going to wrap it up, though, for this episode of All Things Elite. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And we hope you enjoy Wrestle Dream this Sunday. A huge, huge show for AEW. And we're all super excited about it. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, All Things Elite, for getting all the reports and reviews about this week in AEW. Uh, guys, make sure you continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also, leave a rating and a review. It helps us out a ton. Um, but the easiest way for you guys to support us is by following us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I am off to listen to the brand new Ed Sheeran album and cry my eyes out. I will go ahead and pass it off to Floyd for him to take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. It feels so good to be back. Uh, with Austin on the show, just felt felt good. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, we're we're heading into you know my favorite type of year. We are deep in fall. I want everybody to get out there and enjoy the cooler weather. But most importantly, support the Kansas City Swifties. I need you to do that. That's that's our new support team. one pride Detroit our, versus our, everybody. That's our uh, that's our team name now. It's the Kansas City Swifties. We are no longer the Chiefs, uh, but we're gonna, you know, now no, support, uh, support your football team, support everything. Uh, make sure you're listening to podcasts. Please make sure you're checking out the shows on Social Suplex, One Nation Radio, and keeping it strong style. And of course, this show. Make sure you're downloading us from our specific feeds, all things elite feed, Social Suplex feed, One Nation Radio feed. It helps to show out. We uh, appreciate everyone that listens for a second in our day and I will leave you like I always leave you be kind to people be the person that you want others to be and with that being said whether it is home work or school always do your best to be elite goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.